Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, July 22nd, 2022. I'm Mike Cachopoli. How's everyone doing? We are at the end of another week. At the end of another week, here we are. We made it. We made it through. We made it through. Um, I had actually a great uh, night. I was in... Uh, I was at the uh, uh, comedy show and I saw my favorite comedian, Vic DiBetetto. If you don't know who Vic DiBetetto is, you should go to Facebook and look him up, Vic DiBetetto. And he does videos. He was made famous, let's say. He went viral several years back when he did uh, the, milk and, the, the milk and bread video. And this was the video of, uh, of him. You know, if, if you're in the New York area, you know that whenever they, they forecast a uh, snowstorm in the wintertime, they, people go crazy, right? They go to the stores and they, you know, and they basically buy all the bread and milk up because they think they're going to have like a 30-inch blizzard and they're not going to be able to get out of their you know, homes or apartments for a week. And, of course, this never happens. You know, they, they'll forecast 30 inches and there'll be two inches or nothing or rain. So Vic did his little thing where he, he did like a, a, uh, a shot of him saying, Oh, I gotta get the bread and milk. Bread and milk. Bread and milk. I have to get the bread and milk. I have to get the bread and milk. Bread and milk. Bread and milk. I have to go to the store to get the bread and milk. And it was just like a minute of that. And that went viral. It went crazy. And, uh, and Vic's a stand up comic. You know, he's been doing stand up, uh, comedy for a while. Uh, but just made him famous doing that. And now he uh, puts videos on YouTube all the time and Facebook and Twitter and all those places. Um, he does really incredibly funny skits. I mean, very creative. He writes them all. He does a lot of them with his neighbor. He does some with his manager, Russ. And they do these great videos. In fact, I'll have to have Vic on this show one day. I really will have to have Vic on. I should have done it already. But trying to build it up a little bit more so there are enough people listening um, to call in and talk to Vic because he's very good and very funny. And so I went to see him at a comedy club and he did it, it's just an incredible, actually it was a winery. It was a winery, which they also have a stage and they do comedy and music and stuff. And it was just incredible. I mean, he did a great job. He did like, I believe it, I didn't time it, but it was like maybe an hour and a half. It's like a 90 minute set. I mean, it's unheard of. It's unheard of. He puts everything into it. He gives a great show at affordable ticket prices, not one of those. And then I did the extra little meet and greet after so I could get a photo with him. And I said, you know, a lot of these comedians, they'll do, you know, 20, 30 minutes, charge you a few hundred bucks and say goodnight. And uh, he doesn't do that. It was, it was side-splittingly funny. And I, had, I, have, I actually have a headache now doing this show. I almost couldn't do the show because I have such a headache from laughing so much. And it was great meeting him after and talking to him about the Yankees a little bit and so on and so forth. And... uh he works really hard. Now he's off to Connecticut. Like from, yeah, he's off to Connecticut. Then he goes to Florida. He's all over the place. If you go to vicdbetetto.net, you can um, see his schedule and see where he is. And I, I really recommend seeing him. If you like fantastic comedy, funny, somewhat filthy, but just really funny, creative, funny stuff about his Italian background and so on and so forth and his kids and his family. And a lot of, what's great about Vic is that he, um, in his videos, as he's done this through the years, he, you know, lets you into his life. He, he talks about his wife. His wife's in the, in the, in the skit sometimes and his cat and his neighbors and, and he talks about his kids who moved to Scotland 
few years back. So it's a, he, he's an all-around real human, and he also does very funny stuff, and his stand-up is fantastic. And really, if he's in your city, you should check him out. Vic DiBetetto. And I will definitely have him on this show at some point. So it was great. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, now I have to get, unfortunately, even though it's Friday and I just laughed my ass off for an hour and a half, we have to talk about some uh, serious stuff. Well, I, I, I guess we can call it serious, but it's not really serious. It's funny in its own right. Because, you know, they won't let COVID go. We've talked about that many times on this show. And they won't let COVID go. But it's kind of, let's put it this way. The powers that be won't let COVID go. But the people letting COVID go, they're tired of it. They're tired of it. I mean, at, that, at, the, at the comedy show tonight, I'm trying to think if I saw anyone with a mask. I don't think so. And Vic certainly spoke you know, hilariously about how he's over those dumb masks and having to deal with that as a comedian, actually having his, uh, his, 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 uh, livelihood shut down for a year to year and a half where he couldn't do, you know, comedy clubs weren't open. In fact, it was among some of the last things to open up. And, uh, and so I don't think anyone was, but people are just tired of it. They're just tired of it. So with COVID kind of out the rear view min- window for most people, most normal people, we're not talking about the politicians, we're not talking about some doctors, we're not talking about a select group of uh, hypochondriacs. We're talking about most Americans are over it. So then they brought in monkeypox, and that didn't seem to work. It didn't seem to. It didn't seem to take hold. Monkeypox, and they must have been very upset about that because they were pushing the smallpox vaccine again. You know, and some people, of course, in the major cities, the the same people who were so. I've talked about this before. I've talked about this before. You know, they, they they tried to make monkeypox uh, another another gay virus. It's funny, and you see doctors on TV talking about that. We don't want to stigmatize gays, and yet gay men seem to be getting this. So you have gay men and you know lining up in cities like San Francisco and New York and L.A. for this ridiculous smallpox vaccine. Monkeypox is an offshoot of of smallpox. Um, and but that didn't really work. It, it didn't really work. You know, it didn't it didn't take hold. Um, so now I see a story about a man in, I believe it was upstate New York, Rockland County, New York, who supposedly, who supposedly came down with polio. Now, it's not, even if he actually did come down with polio, it's not the, the groundbreaking story the news media would like you to believe it was because uh, there was a case of polio about nine years ago in this country. So I think it was 2013, 2012, 2013, there was a case of polio. So it's happened recently, too, where there's been an isolated case or two of polio, even though it was mostly eradicated. But you have to remember, 10 years ago, they couldn't make a story out of this. No one would care. 10 years ago, if you wrote a story about one polio case in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, or wherever, no one would care. In fact, they wouldn't write the story because no one would read it. But now, now they have got a captive audience and they won't let go. They won't let this captive audience, they know they got the captive audience that's just waiting for the next disease. And now they're talking, of course, when you read this story written by the, the uh, fake news media, the enemy of the people media, it was written in, in this such a way. The headline was, polio is a very serious disease, blah, 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 can cause loss of bodily function, blah, 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 for those who are not vaccinated. So right away, they got the vaccine thing in there. You see, there's, this, is, this is what I've talked about. 
this is what I talked about. For the last eight months, nine months that I've had this, however long I've had this podcast, that it's all about push. It's all about big – it's big pharma in cahoots with big media, in cahoots with big government, in cahoots with big tech. That's what it is, and that's what this whole thing is. So they have the big media saying, oh, are we doing our job, big pharma? Are we doing our job, big government? Huh? We mentioned vaccines. We mentioned vaccines because now what do they want people to get their polio? So now they want people to get – 18, um, wait, the usual flu shot in winter. They want people to get 18 COVID jabs. They want you to get a smallpox vaccine. And now they want you to get the fucking polio vaccine again. Isn't that, it's only, it's, it, it's not obvious that only the most dumb, ignorant fool what they're doing. Only the most dumb, ignorant fool. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people in this country just being realistic who fall into that category of, of, of dumb, ignorant fool. Who will believe this stuff and will now line up for polio vaccines the way they're lining up for for smallpox vaccines, the way they've lined up for every COVID jab over the last year and a half. So they they like I said, they know the audience is captive now. The government knows this. Big Pharma knows this. Big media knows this. They know this. People are on the edge. They're on the edge and they're watching and they're listening. And they're all just waiting for this next disease because they're all believing they all believe this voodoo that like climate change is, call, is, is causing COVID and climate change is causing monkeypox and climate change is causing polio to come back. It's all bullshit. Monkeypox is not coming back. Polio is not coming back. COVID's bullshit. But, you know, this is what they believe. This is simply what they believe. So they have this audience now and they're not going to let go. And like I said, Big Pharma is going to squeeze every dollar they can. Yes, not many people are going to get the smallpox slash monkeypox vaccine. Very few people. Like I said, maybe a, a small group of gay men will get it in a small group of cities. And, of course, polio. I can't imagine more than a handful of people getting that vaccine again. But they'll, they'll, they'll squeeze every little drop they can out of this time, this era of, of, of insanity, of fear and hysteria where people believe this stuff. And so, you know, they'll make a few extra bucks. These people are such whores that they'll literally make an extra 20 bucks and be happy with that. They'll scare people in order to make an extra 20, 30 bucks, 100 bucks. This is how cheap, these, these are cheap whores. These aren't like, these aren't like, you know, expensive luxury whores. These are cheap whores. Fauci's a cheap whore. You know, Biden's a cheap whore. Um, the people who run Big Pharma are cheap whores. The media, cheap, they're all cheap whores. So they, it's like any little, any little, extra cent or two they can get out of this will be worth it for them. And so that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, there's even some uh, mystery around this polio case where there have been stories that what happened was this guy came from a foreign country where they're still giving out the vaccine. And I believe it's taken orally, like uh, sugar or something, sugar cube or something like that. And he took it. And then came to this country and is – so in other words, he, just the way you get a – when you get the flu shot, you get a little bit of the flu in you, that he's got a little bit of the polio in him. And so he seemed to have tested positive for polio even though he doesn't – he's not like he's – he doesn't like he's been crippled. From what I understand, it's, it's, it's this kind of uh, shadowy – you can't get the, the details, the real good details. Maybe someone can talk about the real good details about this case, but I – for what I'm figuring out, it could be a total bunch of malarkey, as Joe Biden said, and they're making you know a mountain out of molehill, or actually out of nothing. 
But this is what they've done with monkeypox, remember. What they do is, with remember monkeypox, when they first started to find monkeypox again, and people were getting it in the tens, not the hundreds, but the tens, um, they would show photos of what monkeypox is. And they'd show these horrific photos of these people with these lumps and things all over their face. And, and then if you read, if you began to read about the, the cases they're seeing, it's nothing like those photos. And then if you read, you'll see doctors saying, well, most of the cases we're seeing are very mild. People have a pimple. They don't even know they have it. Same thing like with COVID, right? People don't know they're sick or they have the sniffles. But they're making a bigger thing out of it. They should, look, they did it with COVID, man. They showed the ventilators, right? They showed the people on ventilators lying on their stomachs. They showed this, even though this is a very small percentage of people in a very specific demographic. So that's what they did with monkeypox. They showed these photos of monkeypox, but not the current outbreak of monkeypox. Monkeypox from years ago or another country. And so this is the this is the game they play. This is the game they play. On the surface, you will see the most horrible things. And you need to dig into deep Google, into deep internet. I think the Conan O'Brien or someone do a skit. One of those comedians did a skit called Deep Google. And it was all about, I think it might have been Jimmy Fallon. Uh, you know, going deep into it, you have to go really. No, no, it was uh, the other. Uh, who cares? It was <laughs> it was uh, the other guy at NBC. I can't think of his name right now. But you have to go re- anyway. You have to go really deep. You have to go really deep into it to find the actual stories and the actual truths of said disease. Now, and what doctors, real doctors, the front line doctors are actually Seth Myers. There you go, Mike. Seth Myers. What the real doctors are seeing. This is this is what you had you have to do, and they know most people aren't going to do that. You know they know that they know most people aren't going to do that. Most people are just going to look at the horrible photos of monkeypox and think everyone's getting this. Millions of people are getting this disease with eighty-five lumps on their face. That's what they're thinking, just the way they thought, just the way even supposedly, although she's not supposedly smart people like a Supreme Court justice Sotomayor thought there were a thousand kids on ventilators a few months ago, thousands thousands of kids on ventilators. Just like most Democrats in polls thought half the people who got COVID in 2020 and 2021 were in the hospital. Half the, half the cases were hospitalized. This is what you talk about because these people just look at the surface stuff. They don't actually go in and do any investigating themselves, and they believe the fear and hysteria. And, oh, yes, of course, the media would never lie to us. They tell us the truth. The media is all about serving the public interest. I mean, who would the fuck would believe that? Who would believe the media cares about the public interest? The media cares about their interest. They care about their money. They care about their ratings. The people in the media care about the millions they make every year being on television. That's what they care. That's all they care about. They want to stay there as long as they can. It's a great gig. It's a great gig. You have very few, very few honest people like Tucker Carlson. It's like a, it's a combination. Tucker, I think, is the highest rated of all this and probably makes the most money, or at least he should, of all of them. And yet he tells the truth. He tells the truth because Fox lets him. Fox lets him tell the truth. If you're on CNN or MSNBC, they won't let you tell the truth about COVID. Okay, they won't let you. Maybe, I, I, I don't, I, I can't say Fox would let you go on and do an hour show about how fucking stupid Donald Trump is. I don't know if they let you do that. Obviously, CNN, MSNBC would. Although there are plenty of people on Fox who have said they're not Trump fans, Laura Ingram being one of them. So, but I can tell you that Fox with COVID for sure, for sure, 
we'll let you go on and tell the truth. And so what happened is Tucker did this really scorched earth thing about the vaccine harm. He did this really, uh, should I play the whole thing? You know what? I think I will. It's only two minutes and 15 seconds. So maybe I'll play the, the whole thing. And uh, let's see if I can cue this up. This, here, here we go. To neurodegenerative disease, myocarditis, Bell's palsy, liver disease, impaired adaptive immunity, impaired DNA damage response, etc. So it's possible, in fact, it's looking likely that the vaccine might suppress the immune system. This fact, the authors concluded, will, quote, have a wide range of consequences, not the least of which include the reactivation of latent viral infections and the reduced ability to effectively combat future infections, end quote. Now, again, we sincerely hope that's not true. But it's not just the conclusion of one scientific journal. The Lancet, maybe the most famous scientific journal in the world, released similar findings in February. The Lancet's piece was entitled, quote, Risk of Infection, Hospitalization, and Death Up to Nine Months After a Second Dose of COVID-19 Vaccine. A physician called Kenji Yamamoto made this observation about the data from The Lancet. He wrote this in a letter to the Journal of Virology, and we're quoting, The study showed that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses of COVID-19 vaccine was lower than that among the unvaccinated individuals. Ah. Now, your first response, if you're a humane person, to a line like that has got to be deep sympathy. Because people were misled. They were forced. They were forced. Medical ethics thrown out the window. People were forced to take medicine they didn't want. And some of them may have been hurt by it. And you don't have to take this man's word for it. Pull up the Lancet study yourself. You won't find anything of the text of the article saying what Kenji Yamamoto said, which is weird. Why would the Lancet want to hide a major finding like that? We can't say. But if you look at Table 3 in the piece, here's what you'll find buried in the data. Among people around the age of 80 who have been double vaccinated, that would include people like Joe Biden, the per capita rate of medical incidences, including hospitalizations or death, is nearly twice as high as the rate of serious incidents for the unvaccinated. This is 180 days after vaccination. What is that? And why is no one interested? Well, we know the mainstream media, you know, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, everyone except Fox and a few, you know, maybe talk radio stations. No, they're not going to talk about this stuff. They're not going to talk about this stuff. It's what we're getting with basically with, with with the vaccines now. I mean, Tucker did a great thing there. But we're getting a lot of drip, drip from the media. You know what I'm saying? Drip, drip. They want to be able to go back a year, two, three years from now and say, look, we did write about it. Look, look. But it's bullshit. It's all this drip, drip stuff. It's all, well, maybe more people who are vaccinated are getting this particular variant than the unvaccinated. And, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe maybe hospitalizations and deaths aren't so, you know, aren't so different between vaccinated. and We're getting these little drip, drip things. All right. Little paragraph here on page 37, a little paragraph here on page 48. Like I say, just so they can point back and say, no, no, we covered it. We, we covered how horrible these vaccines were. But they're not. They're absolutely not. If they covered, if they did what Tucker just did, no one would be getting the vaccines. If they did what, COVID, what, what Tucker just did, people would be finding ways. And there are ways. The big pharma says you can't sue them, but you actually can. You can sue anybody. and You might win, you might not, but you can certainly sue. 
And that's what would be happening if uh, if Tucker Carlson, if everyone else covered it the way the way Tucker Carlson has been and and just did. But we know that we know we, you and I know all this information. You know, we know the CDC just put out data of their own, which shows the lockdowns did nothing. All harm, no benefit. They compared places with lockdowns to places that didn't, and the, the difference was not noticeable as far as COVID cases go. Very noticeable when it comes to sociological damage. Very noticeable when it comes to killing more people than COVID ever could or would have if they had just left their stupid hands off it. So we're seeing more and more of this now. But so you really have to go to social media and Twitter to find the real stuff. That's what you must do. You know, the Tucker video is all over the place. You know, and someone brought up a great point, which is that Biden getting COVID at 79 years old and the White House has totally downplayed it. Right. The White House has basically said it, it, an 80 year old getting COVID now is no big deal. So when the White House pretty much says by downplaying by downplaying Biden's COVID, saying it's just very mild barely noticeable symptoms. What they're saying is it's time to fucking move on. Now, they, they don't put two and two together. People won't put two and two together. But when the White House says an 80-year-old president who's not all there, is not COVID is nothing to them, that it's fine, that it's not deadly anymore, they're saying it's time to move on from COVID. That's what they're saying. If it doesn't affect Joe Biden, who's it going to affect? So it's obvious it's obvious if you have a brain in your head, if you have a brain in your head, that is time to move past this and all of it, not just COVID, but monkeypox, polio, anything, everything. If you have an issue, go see your doctor. If you have symptoms of something, go see your doctor. And it's between you and your doctor. Just like it was before March of 2020. Remember those days before March of 2020? You're not feeling well, you stay home. Doesn't If it doesn't improve, you go to a doctor. That's it. It's called like common sense and, and normalcy. And yet you have witches like Kathy Hochul, the Wicked Witch of the East, who wants to stick swabs of kids' noses in this new school season starting April, uh, August and September of 2022. She still wants to stick swabs up the noses of kids. And if they have fake COVID, keep them home and retard and stunt their learning even more. This is what we have. Okay. And the Wicked Witch of the West. Who's the Wicked Witch of the West? Everyone should know these names by now. Barbara Farrar, who wants to do more mask mandates, indoor mask mandates based on Nothing based on fake numbers cooked up by her daughter, who she gave a job to. This is what we have here. But hey, Democrats love it because they're women, right? They're women, women in tough, women in powerful positions. Tough, tough women don't take shit put in powerful positions. It's really insane. I mean, it's it's it, it's such a it's such a crazy, insane cult. And like all cults, it's imp- it's very difficult to break through, right? All cults end badly. You know that, right? All cults end badly, right? The the Jim Jones cult ended horribly. 
the uh, Waco cult ended horribly. The Moonbeam, whatever that guy's was with the sweatpants and shot into space, that ended horribly. They all end badly, all of them, because you can't get through to people until it's too late. People don't seem to want to, to learn. People don't seem to want to break the, 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 the cult damage that's been done, that's been done to them. You know, and that's, so that's, that's where we are right now, basically. You know, and we're seeing a little bit of optimism. We, we saw an opinion piece in the LA Daily News, Fire Barbara Farrar. This was an opinion piece written in the Daily News. And they printed it. So that's good, right? They wouldn't have done this a year ago. They printed it. Um, which shows something. When they do that, when a paper like the LA Daily News or the Times or whatever prints opinion pieces like this, and of course they'll say opinion, 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 opinion. They're doing it because they want they want it done, basically, right? They want they want to push this narrative of firing her. And they're they won't say it directly. They don't have the balls to say it directly. They're editorial staff, they're writers, but they will allow opinion columnists to write about it. So Susan Shelley wrote um, an opinion piece saying, fire Barbara Farrar. And which, who she mentions is, a, is Dr. I, I always think of Dr. Spielberg, but it's Dr. Spellberg. Um, and Dr. Spellberg is a USC chief medical officer, Brad Spellberg, epi- and also epidemiologist Paul Holtum. And they are the ones who came out and said, it's just the same. In other words, what they're seeing in these hospitals is exactly the same as they've been seeing. It hasn't changed. You know, Bobby Frost has always changed. It's so much more horrible now. We have to have another mass mandate, another useless, destructive mass mandate. But they said, no, it's just the same, he said emphatically, the doctor. It's not changed. It's been the same. It's like two months of the same. Meanwhile, L.A. County Public Health Director, Dr. Barfar, who is not a medical doctor, as we've talked so far, she's a social justice warrior doctor, I, I, I want to start a push. I'm sorry, I know there are a lot of good doctors of all different kinds out there. I don't like, I don't like using doctor if someone's not a medical doctor. I just don't like it. I think it fools people. It fools me a lot, right? They'll say, doctor, blah, blah, blah. And I'll think, oh, you know, oh, my God, medical doctor. And he's a doctor of, you know, masturbation. I'm serious. I think it fools people. I think it's misleading. It's like the balk move in baseball. It's deceptive. And it should. I don't, I don't think it should be allowed. They could, they could say, like, Barbara Farrar, degree in this. Or Barbara Farrar, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Doctor of something else. Doc, it's got. It should say Doctor of. Let's put it that way. It should say Doctor of bullshit, but just says Doctor Barbara Ferrar. So you would think she knows what she's talking about. Who is not a medical doctor is preparing to impose another indoor mask mandate on the entire county. By the way, so she's the entire county of L.A., not just the city. So that's ten million people. That's ten million people. This wicked witch, who's not a real doctor, wicked witch of the West, who's not a real doctor, controls ten million humans. She asserted the county is barreling towards the Center for Disease Controls, the CDCs, by the way, the CDCs, and they're full of shit, too. It's been a total trash hole under, under Walensky. Their high category of virus activity with cases, cases rising sharply. Oh, no. The numbers at LAC COVID positive tests have continued to go up, Dr. Spellberg said, and then forcefully added, but, but 
this isn't because we're seeing a ton of people with symptomatic disease getting admitted, he repeated, pointing to a graph, you know, like a graph, like real numbers that Baba Farrar and others of her ilk have never taken, never, ever, ever analyzed. He repeated pointing to a graph. It's the same thing. We're seeing a lot of people with mild disease in urgent care or the emergency department who go home and do not get admitted. And of those who are admitted, they're like 90% of the time not admitted due to COVID. Dr. Spielberg said those patients who go into the ICU do not have COVID pneumonia and are not placed on ventilators. They are not these horrible cases, he said. They haven't seen even one of those since February. It's just not the same pandemic that it was, despite all the media hype. To the contrary, doctor, real doctor, Spellberg said. Yeah, public health is scared, the hospital CEO added. Dr. Spellberg shrugged in, I don't know what to do with these people anymore, manner. A lot of people have bad colds. That's what we're seeing, he said, raising his arms in an exaggerated shrug. So basically he just said, they're colds. Dr. Spellberg, unlike uh, the Wicked Witch of the West Farrar, has a BA in molecular cell biology, immunology from UC Berkeley, and attended medical school at UCLA, where he received multiple academic honors, unlike Barbara Farrar. He completed his residency in internal medicine and subspecialty fellowship in infectious diseases at Harbor UCLA Medical Center. So Dr. Farrar has a PhD in social welfare from Brandeis a Master of Arts in Public Health from Boston University and a Master of Arts in Education from the University of Massachusetts uh, and a Bachelor of Arts in Community. All she did was go to school and get degrees in nothingness. She went to school to get, she basically just a lifelong education person. That's her right, but she shouldn't be in control of 10 million lives. Her biography says she has spent over 30 years as experiences as a philanthropic strategist. What the fuck is a philanthropic strategist? as well as a public health director, educational leader, researcher, and community advocate. A philanthropic strategist raises money, and one way to do that is to shout, and there's a terrifying crisis, everyone must immediately stop what they're doing and focus on the need to do whatever the philanthropic strategist is requesting. This is a great column. The difference between a philanthropic strategist and a public health director is that a public health director can shut down your business by revoking the necessary health permits to keep it open. Dr. Holtum, the LACUS, the LACUSC epidemiologist, knows that Dr. Farrar is expected today, based on numbers, to perhaps announce that LA County will go into a mass mandate situation for all indoor activities. Farrar is not consulting or sharing her numbers with the leading medical doctors, so she's not actually talking to real doctors on the front line. If the experience of our hospital is reflective of hospitals across the country, and I believe it is, Dr. Holton said, we're just seeing nobody with severe COVID. As this morning, we had no one in the hospital who had pulmonary disease due to COVID, nobody in the hospital. We have 24 people who tested positive for COVID, but nobody, nobody who had COVID-19 disease as we'd seen in the past. The LA County Board of Supervisors had better get a grip on this before businesses are burdened with more mandates for signage, more employee training, and more fines, and before fear-mongering harms more people. Fire Barbara Farrar. Susan. Write to Susan. She's great. At SusanShelley.com. SusanShelley.com. Follow her on Twitter on Susan underscore Shelley. S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. Susan did a great article here. I'm glad I read the whole thing. So that's the, that's the situation. She's a, she's a big nobody. She's a big nothing ball. Her entire life has just been 
racking up degrees in nothing. And here she is in control of 10 million people where the doctors, the actual doctors, are saying it's, it, if there are a few people with colds. What is she talking about? In other words, it's not the reality. What she's talking about is fantasy. It's fear and hysteria-driven bile. There's nothing true about it. Remember, the, the L.A. Board of Supervisors has the right to fire her. She works under their purview. But, of course, these are feckless individuals. These are feckless people without a, a, a courageous bone in their body. Not that it would take any courage to fire her. Everyone hates her. The city would cheer because 10 million people don't want to be locked down again or masked again or forced to get vaccines. Businesses don't want to have to do this again and lose business or have to shut down again. Everyone would just clap and this zombie, this, this mummy would go back into her crypt. But it would take a, the supervisors in L.A. to do it. And of course, they probably won't. No, they definitely won't. And that's where we are. The charlatans continue to try to fool people, and there are plenty of people out there willing to be fooled. Plenty of people out there willing to be fooled. But the good thing is we're finally getting this fight back, not just from, like, writers, but also fight back from doctors, right? Doctors who should have been doing this for the last two and a half years. Is it better late than never? I guess there'd been so much damage done and all this damage would not have been done if they had started this two years ago. But this is, let's put it this way. These doctors like Spielberg saying this, they would not have said this two years ago. Even a year ago, they would have kept quiet about it. But now they're coming out. They're getting some kind of momentum because they know most people are now over this. To, uh, and it's given them, I guess, some courage to come out and talk about this stuff. And that's good because the shit that Barbara Ferrara is, is now getting, which she never got before this time, will prevent other places, I'm hoping like the Bay Area, from doing similar things because they don't want to have to deal with it. And that's a good thing. That, that, that's, a, that's a very good thing. But once again, what will make it all go away in an instant is people not complying. If people and businesses simply say, no, we're not doing this anymore, we're not complying, Bob Rafora's power goes away. She then has no power. If the people don't comply, if the businesses don't comply, she has no power. And that, that's what it's going to come down to. That's exactly what it's going to come down to. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Once again, I'm a pessimist. With all the stuff, I'm uh, a pessimist. Let's see if there's anything else. If anyone wants to call in, you can. You have the right. <laughs> you have the constitutional right to call my show. If you would like to. Yeah, this is the CDC. We talked about the CDC. You know, Barbara Farrar and other of her ilk like to point to the CDC, which is a total mess under Joe Biden. And, and, and Rochelle Walensky. It's a total mess. I mean, this, it's such garbage under her. They, they, oh, oh, Daniel, I'll get to you in one second. I just want to mention this thing. So the CDC put out, you know, one of these little animated things where they have like, they have this couple, they have a dark, they have a dark skinned couple 
two vaxxed, dark-skinned people wearing masks with a little child hugging the mother and the child's wearing a mask. <laughs> and it says, the do's and don'ts for kids. Don'ts. Don't give your child pain relievers before vaccination to try to prevent side effects. Currently, it is unclear where these medications affect how well the vaccines work. <laughs> Don't give your child aspirin to manage side effects. How about this, honey? Rochelle, how about don't giving kids who have zero chance of dying of COVID, near zero chance of getting it, the vaccines at all? How about that? This is the shit show under her. Total shit show. The the child in this little cartoon has like side effects, hugging the mother because she's in pain and they're all wearing masks. It's internal insanity. Daniel, you, you know how insane this is. And what a shit show the CDC is. Yes, I do. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're on. You're there. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm just wondering who uh, Barbara Ferrer, many eyes are in that. Um, and, uh, <laughs> just wondering who she had to threaten to sleep with in order to get her job. The woman is so unqualified. She looks like uh, she's a walking uh, billboard for um, multiple protein deficiency diseases. Um, she looks like she's got malabsorption diseases up the wazoo. And it's probably, probably just protecting herself. Um, uh, uh, nobody else. Uh, too, much time, too much time going to school for degrees, not enough time eating. Too much. No, she, she, she probably got a degree in the mail. Jeez, social welfare. Jeez, what, what, what do you have to have an IQ of eighty-five to get a social welfare degree? <laughs> yeah, I mean the the military is border would borderline work with her. I mean, jeez. This, this, you, know, I mean, you know, if you think about it, her name, is like Führer, isn't it? Führer, Barbara Führer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's missing. She's missing a U. I think that's all. All it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. I'd really like to know the history of how how that, how that woman got her job because she was so unqualified for, for this position. And you know, it probably in part re- results from the fact that until recently, until two thousand twenty, no one really needed to be all that qualified to be in public health. Um, it just wasn't point. all that but, critical. But look, at, look at what happens. Look at what happened to these low putting low qualified people in these positions. Well, yeah, but that's because, you know, it, public health really didn't matter much. They were there and just telling everybody, uh, what, you know, what to eat on the food pyramid. And that was about it, you know. And so, so now this comes along, 2020 comes along, and the, the, the biggest uh, scam, of, uh, pharmaceutical scam of all time. And these people are underprepared to act responsibly. Are under have a very 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 limited skill and and knowledge set, and what did they do? They they feign competency. That's all they know how to do, and and so how do they feign competency? Well, they turn to those that have a lot of competence. They know what they're ta- they know what they're talking about. They have a, they have a lot of uh, scientific knowledge when it comes to infectious disease, immunology, vaccine manufacturing, etc. Development pharmaceutical companies but they aren't that <laughs> these people aren't known for their honesty they aren't known for their forth, forthrightness they are known for making a profit and so these people who are feigning competence in public health turn to these experts and let them speak for them 
It's the same thing that happened when the housing bubble was inflating in 2004 through 2007. Who does the media turn to for expertise? They turn to the Realtors Association of America, who had a huge vested interest in putting people into all kinds of mortgages that they could not possibly afford. And, and then the whole thing, the whole economy blew up. This is, you know, this is about, there's, there's a lot of um, driving, driving this whole fiasco. Unfortunately, there, there's a lot of evil here, but there's also just a lot of run-of-the-mill incompetency that, and people are afraid to admit that they're out of their depths and they got us into a whole shitload of trouble. That's basically it. They but they got us into a whole shitload of trouble, but not themselves. They were getting rich. So, oh, you know the old. You know they're all getting rich over this, and they're all going to write books. They're all going to write books, and 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 liberals will buy these books. Liberals will buy these books. You'll see. You'll, you'll see the person sitting next to you on a bus or a train reading a book about uh, you know written by Fauci or, or Farrar or Osterholm or Hotek and all these people, and then you'll know who to stay away from. Well, hopefully they're written from inside their uh, prison cells because mm. I, I really can't imagine anybody within yeah. within six months' time. Mine, yeah, um, my, mine COVID, mine COVID. They can write mine COVID. There, there, there you go, mine COVID. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 hot tonight with these things. Eh? Okay. Well, you know, look. The the fact of the matter is that yes, people are slowly waking up to this. Yes. These doctors wouldn't have been saying this a year ago. We wouldn't have seen an opinion piece would not have been allowed to be written and, and published a year ago about this stuff. But like I said, the drip, drip, drip has been so slow and purposely so, you know, so, and, and the fear and hysteria is so ingrained in people's minds now that it's almost impossible to shake it. Like I said, almost like a cult. Yeah, um, it is very much like a cult. And you're right that. The, the cults, uh, the, the cults meet their ends in a very precipitous, usually and catastrophic manner, and I do, I do expect that to happen here. I really do. Um, this you, you, you see more and more of it every day, where um, there is <laughs> we're having breakthrough cases of truth. Yeah, we are. We're having breakthrough cases of truth, and um, and I think a lot of that is. Like I said, there's a lot of smoke screens out there, such as the January 6th committee, the never-ending January 6th committee hearings, you know, the Steve Bannon stuff. I think a lot of this stuff is just a distraction because they do not want, they do not want the truth to come out. And they know as the truth is coming out about vaccines, they're going to have to be a lot more distractions so people don't notice. Well, yeah, just think of what's happened so far. I mean, just look at look back at what's happened over the last two years. Look back at what's happened since last January, um, the previous January, when the first uh, vaccines were rolling off off of the uh, factory lines. They were, um, what have we learned since then? <laughs> We've learned that these vaccines are totally worthless. Don't prevent transmission. Don't prevent infection. They don't reduce hospitalization. In fact, they <laughs> people who are the, are vaccinated are more likely to be hospitalized. In part, that's probably due to the fact that people that are vaccinated are probably also people that are high risk. But in the most part, they aren't preventing uh, hospitalization either. And so, I mean, they, we were really dealing with the world's shittiest vaccine, world's shittiest vaccine that's ever been approved um, to any degree for, for human use. And, you know, don't forget that we're still dealing with most of these vaccines being pr- approved only for emergency use only. 
Well, and now Deborah Jerks, Burke's Jerks, comes out and says, well, she knew she knew from the start these vaccines weren't going to prevent the spread. So why didn't she say anything? Seriously, why didn't she say anything? Well, you, you know, know if, she was, if she was afraid to say it in December because Trump was still president, why didn't she say it in January once he was? What was she so afraid of? Well, you know, I, 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 I have mentioned this a number of times to friends about um, Redfield. You remember our previous CDC director, Redfield? Um, he at one point, just before the vaccines were starting to come out, made this statement where he was talking about masks. And um, I'm just going to have to paraphrase, but he said, these masks are far more likely to protect you than vaccines. Yeah, I remember, I remember when he said that. It was, it was, yeah. In, yeah, it was, it, and I said, well, vaccines are totally, I mean, masks are totally ineffective. And he knows that. So he is basically telling me, he was telling us way back then that these vaccines are going to be useless. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what you were saying. You were yeah, saying the vaccines are worthless. If you're saying a, a cloth mask is more of a protection than a vaccine, you're saying the vaccines are crap. Yeah, and, and I think this th- that was his message to future, uh, um, how, I should say, to, to, to future part of, to future journalists and future um, uh, 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 investigators of what happened during 2020. That was his message to them, and saying, "Hey, he's, it's at some point he's going to come back and say, hey, I, you know, I, I, I try to be honest.'" It was diff- very difficult in, in the given situation that we had to, for en- any honesty whatsoever to sneak out. So I tried to sneak some out to y'all. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry you didn't clearly get the message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right, you know. And as, as Scott Atlas has said many times, and, and the one book I would re- two, I'd recommend two books. One is Scott Atlas's book um, and about this COVID situation. Um, and one is the unmasked, the Ian Miller book about masks. But Scott Atlas said, you know, Trump brings him in too much, too little, too late. It was like the summer, August of 2020, after Fauci and Burks and Red all their damage. And and Atlas said he's sitting in the room with, with like data, with like real data and graphs and charts about COVID. And Burks and Redfield and Fauci could care less. They couldn't care less. They yeah. Couldn't, they, yeah, I'm sort of disappointed that you sort of disappointed that you're using Atlas's name and Redfield's name in, in the in the same breath because uh, here's, Redfield's trying to sneak us information under the table and Atlas is doing everything above board. Yeah, and and there was he said it was so amazing that doctors didn't care any at all about actual data. All they had was their narrative to push. All they cared about was their narrative. They didn't care about the science. They didn't care about data. They didn't care about evidence. They didn't care about anything. And this is the big reason why he quit, because it was one against three. Yeah, yeah. yeah Trump, should have fired, Trump, Trump should have fired all three of them. And he should have been, but Atlas should have been in charge from day one. It would have been a much, much different, much different situation. Yep. As, as I've said a, a billion, it sounds, feels like a billion times to me, um, that the most important number that we we, we could have possibly wanted and did want during 2020 was an a, a uh, adequate estimate of the infection fatality ratio and no one was interested in getting it the news media wasn't interested in getting it they didn't ask for it the scientific community seemed uninterested in getting it there were no there were very few publications calling for it 
who who was given us estimates of IFR besides a few people that were cons- were called rogue agents, uh, people like John Ioannidis with a sterling rep- reputation, Dr. John Ioannidis of Stanford, people like Jay Bhattacharya, Dr. Bhattacharya from Stanford, people with you know, just sterling reputations as, as both scientists and physicians. And these people were treated as though there was so, some rogue element, along with all the uh, uh, writers, the rest of the writers of the Great Barrington Dec- Declaration. Right. I mean, yes. I mean, that's absolutely true. And now they're all being proven right. Daniel, th- thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, and, and now, you know, they're all being proven right. That's the thing about the GBD, the Great Barrington Declaration, is that they're all being proven right. Day by day, more and more of them are all being proven right. You know? And there's also no talk, there's no talk about the effect on the body of four vac- four, four COVID jabs, a, a smallpox slash monkeypox jab, now people want to get polio vaccine. This is absolutely insane. There's no talk about the effect of the body with all of these vaccines given with a very in a very short period of time. And people just are too trusting of big government and big media. They are just too trusting. And finally, finally, we're seeing doctors being able to speak up. Remember, doctors weren't able to speak up for a very long period of time. Because they could have got their license pulled. Now, if I was a doctor, I'd say, pull this. And I'd tell the truth as I know it to my patients. But this whole idea, doctors need to step up and say, you know, it's not good to be putting all this. We know. We know now that it's not good to be putting all this into your system, as Tucker Carlson and others have revealed. That it's killing, it's hurting the immune system so that you're not going to be able to fight off other germs down the line, other diseases down the line. And now they want to add monkeypox on top of that and polio on top of that. You've got to be kidding me. Now, I know people want to talk about the Steve Bannon stuff a little bit. We'll talk next week. Let the weekend go by. We'll talk about Steve Bannon, who was found guilty of basically not much of anything. Something they would not have prosecuted most people for. But this is all about Trump derangement syndrome and getting back at Donald Trump. And, of course, this Josh Hawley thing with the January 6th to me with running away. They showed him running briskly away from from the people who broke in on I'm not exactly sure what the problem with that is. What what was he supposed to do, Josh Hawley? If 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 these people are breaking in, he's not sure exactly who they are. I mean they're okay, he might have assumed that most of them were pro Trump and knew who he was, but you don't know what a mob's gonna do. You don't know who who else might be embedded in that mob. So I, I don't understand this issue with just Hawley running away, was he supposed to run towards the mob? I'd, once again, when you look at the details and the common sense with this stuff, it, it gives you a different perspective than the mainstream media, which wants you to believe that Josh Hawley is just like a, a coward. Josh Hawley is just a, a coward, and, and, uh, and these people were really very dangerous, and that proves it because he ran away from them. It, it's, it, once again, it's all narrative. The, the facts don't matter. Remember, when it comes to January 6th, they were telling us, the left-wing media was telling us that that officer was was like baseball bat in the head by a fire extinguisher 20 times 
and that's why he died of brain damage, and none of that ever happened. And there was no mea culpa for that. There was nothing, nothing. It was just like, oh, well, fog of war, we got it wrong. If they even said that much. There was no investigations that a cop who killed that innocent woman, that innocent woman who had who, who was not armed, who was simply climbing up something and he shot her dead. There was no investigation over that at all, whether it was ex- excessive use of force or not. Nothing at all. Believe me, if that was a situation and Trump wasn't involved and those people were the liberals coming in and breaking in, there definitely would have been an investigation over that. There's no doubt there would have been an investigation over that. So this whole January 6th thing is such a stupid smokescreen of bullshit that I can't take anything that comes out of it seriously. I can't take anything that comes out of it seriously. We did hear some report from an outside source, not from the left-wing media, where they would never source this, but that a, a Secret Service agent or someone in the, uh, in the CIA or a high agency had said something to the effect that Donald Trump was concerned about what was happening, showed concern, and wanted something done about what was happening, kind of putting a, a pin in this narrative that the left-wing media and the Democrats want to uh, promote that he promoted the whole thing and wanted the whole thing to happen and loved it and adored it and was cheering it on and was doing nothing to stop it. But once again, it's, it's hard for me to take any of this seriously because it's such a smokescreen. It's such a smokescreen to not talk about the real issues of what's going on. And that's what we're seeing. And I've talked about this all week long. This has been a theme all week long here, which is that the Democrats are not talking about things that people care about, which is why they're going to lose. They're not talking about things people care about. People don't care about January 6th. Only the coastal elites and Democratic politicians care about January 6th. Only the coastal elites and the Democratic politicians care about abortion and, and these wedge issues. These wedge issues are so important to them. Having these wedge issues around and, and guns and all that. They, People care about inflation, the economy, gas prices, being able to afford rent, being able to put put food on their table, not having to make a decision whether they're going to fill up their car or go to work or fill up their car or have a meal that night. This This is what people are talking about. And the Democrats refuse. And, of course, the lockdowns and not being locked down again and being able to have their business thrive. This is what they're talking about. And the Democrats want to talk about January 6th and that Dr. Oz doesn't have ancestors that go back to 1820 in Pennsylvania. This is, this is what they talk about, and they think people care about this. Or they just have nothing, or they just don't, they're not on the right side of the issues. They have to make shit up. But this is why they're going to lose. This and, of course, that ridiculous wokeness that they love, you know, pronouns, teaching children about sex change, teaching children about critical race theory, all of that stuff is going to make them <clears throat> lose very big in November. I don't care what the polls say. The polls say Fetterman's ahead. The polls say Ryan's ahead in, in Ohio. I don't, I don't believe any of that stuff. This is a totally different electorate. They don't know how to poll me, right, because I was a Democrat for, for, for you know my voting life, and now I'm not. So how, how do they poll me? How do they know that? Where do, where, where do I come into this? See, they're polling demographics are totally thrown out the window this year because of all the people who are switching parties. 
or not even switching parties, but voting for Republicans for the first time in their lives. I don't know how they find those people, how they poll those people accurately. Because remember, the polls are going to be a certain percentage Democrats, a certain percentage Republicans, a certain percentage independents, and Democrats have hemorrhaged voters. So people like myself and, and, and Joe Rogan and who else? The millions of others out there. I'm talking about the, the big names like Joe Rogan, right? And Elon Musk. Those the, the reliable d- Democrat voters are now going to vote Republican. And I think the polls are not going to accurately reflect that. So I think Democrats are going to lose big and also in for a very rude awakening because they're not going to, because of the polls, they're going to believe they're going to do better than they're actually going to do. Okay, well, that's our Friday show. And we've had a good week. We've really had a good week. Uh, I'll actually put in a call for last calls if anyone wants to call in and say something. If they want to talk about anything I've spoken about today or anything anything different, that's fine also. Um, I think a good wrap on the week is that people are starting to finally wake up to the COVID hoax. People are, want COVID in the rearview mirror. And, 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 if... The politicians aren't going to let them. They're going to force them back to normalcy simply by not not complying anymore and by pushing back finally. And that's a we'll end. We'll, okay, we'll end the show. We'll end the week on a on a positive note. This has been and let's be heard. I'm Mike Atropoli. Uh Have a good weekend. I'll see you next week. I'll see you <clears throat> Monday night. Uh, and remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week.